BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hello, friends. We're back again. It's Fightful Over Books. It's April 15th, and it's time for your favorite weekend show. That's right, Kate. Newsworthy is better than our Sundays at 8 o'clock show. Jeremy Lambert's here. We're going to talk about the news because everybody needs to know about the news. How are you doing, Jeremy Lambert? Well, my hair, I don't know. I like a comment on my hair. What do you think of my hair, Joel Pearl? How my hair looks, Snoop? I think it's coming together nicely. Look at yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, look at that look. You're going for a Jerry-only look. <sighs> I'm fine, Joel Pearl. It was a slow week in, in the news. There, there wasn't... Not a, not a whole lot of people doing media and stuff after the WrestleMania media wave. Things kind of slowed down with that. I mean, it was still you know newsworthy topics out there. You you heard about this guy from Chicago, Philip from Chicago, writes for Bleacher Report. He's making a lot of waves out there. Bless Philip from Chicago. He's pissing everybody off. Apparently, should we start some rumors about him that we we don't want to work with him, and you know maybe we do want to work with him. I've got my Diet Pepsi right here. Diet John, Pepsi. My Diet Pepsi. Diet Pepsi, you say. Is that a shot at Philip from Chicago? Because your diet, you don't want any of him. You, you don't right. want the full Pepsi experience. You just want a little bit. Do you need to separate him from, from the rest of the members of the Fightful staff? Maybe give him his own Saturday show with other people to, to work with? He already has that, actually. So He's got his own. We're going to give him his own channel. Yeah, where he will overbook himself into Saturday nights. There we go. We can we can do that for Philip from Chicago. It's a soft split, Jeremy. It's a soft split. Hairs in my eyes. All right, what are we talking about today? I know I picked all the stories. I'm the one who has curated this whole timeline, uh, but I don't I don't know what I actually pick. Neither do I. So let's open them up. Five stories on the board, as always. The ones you either saw or the ones that kind of flew under your radar, past your jets, and not at all on your newsfeed. So with that in mind, Jeremy Lambert, are you ready for story number one? Speaking of jets, did you see Kenny Omega did the voiceover for the Winnipeg Jets? I wrote about that this week. Yeah. Then they clinched a playoff spot against the Minnesota Wild, and there was a bunch of fights, and the coaches were going to fight each other. That was fun. Do you think Chicago Phil is going to do something for the Blackhawks if the Jets and Blackhawks have a thing? Oh, wait. The Blackhawks were... Last place in the NHL. Yeah, they oh, were awful. Yeah, they were bad. Uh, poor Jonathan Taylor. He played his last games as a member of the uh, last home game as a member of the Blackhawks the other nights. And Patrick Kane got traded. End end of an era for the Chicago Blackhawks. Very sad. Maybe the Bulls. The Bulls won last night in the play-in game against the uh, Miami Heat. 
Uh, on the other side of the bracket, the Minnesota Timberwolves defeated the Oklahoma City Thunder in the play-in game. So we got great matchups in the NBA playoffs, which start today. I hope I'm wrong about these predictions, or I might look like a genius here. So we'll see. I'm pretty sure the play-in game was the Bulls versus the Toronto Craptors, as I call them. Well, that was the the other. That was that game actually did happen and has results. The Bulls and the Miami Heat game has not happened as of this recording it does not have a result but i'm telling everybody this is not a prediction this is a spoiler thank you bulls timberwolves are your two victors in the play-in games clip this tell me i'm a genius when this when you see this on saturday or yell at me and tell me i'm wrong or watch fmc on tuesdays at 8 30 a.m on this channel right here and get my takes along with sp3 who was a great man I'm sorry. There's more than one playing game. If you're playing one team, yeah, team. it's a it's a little mini tournament, Joel. Like the seven seed plays the eight seed. The winner gets the seven seed. The loser plays the winner of the nine seed against the ten seed, and then the winner of that game gets the eight seed. You see, it's a little, it's a little mini mini four team tournament. It's like, it rules, honestly. I wish hockey would kind of do a similar thing because it's fantastic. The games the games are great. This is awful. It sounds awful. You see the bags on my eyes, Jeremy Lambert? You see these bags under my eyes? I developed them thinking about a play in tournament making sense in any sport. It doesn't. It's stupid. Just tournaments. Joel, Tony Khan would love this. Like, wait a second, more tournaments? How can we do this? Tournaments. But it's it's for the same title every time, Jeremy Lambert. So clearly TK is just going to be like, nah, boring. We did it. We only need to do it once. We need to do a tournament for the international leveled up All-Atlantic Championship or a tournament for the TNT Championship. All we keep doing is these open challenges. I get it. Open challenge. Someone just comes out there. That'd be dumb. Imagine in the NBA, the Golden State Warriors are just like, hey, whoever wants to play us for this title, come come get it. And then here, here, comes, here comes a G League team sauntering in like Silas Young. And the, the match is over. The game's over after 10 minutes. And people are just like, oh, yeah, we don't need 48 minutes of this crap. It's 100 to 20. Why are we going to continue continue this? Tournaments. We need the best of the best. Have you considered maybe the all-star team should be the ones to get money in the bank? And they can just run in at any time and take the title. But I know they're all from different teams. But all of a sudden, you hear the, 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 the sound of the, I don't know, the horn. And all of a sudden, they all just show up on the the court and all-star team assemble. And there you go. It's the all-star team winning the championship. I don't know. Where are you going with this? No, it was awful. Story number one, Ray Mysterio recalls national Enquirer story that he was dating Jennifer Aniston. Well, I'll tell you one thing, Jeremy, Ray Mysterio was certainly not an NBA player at any time in his life. But if you're listening to the, to the gossip rags, he may have been dating national or he may have been dating Jennifer Aniston, according to national Enquirer. Uh, he, Mysterio was on impulsive with Logan Paul, who recently re-signed a deal with WWE and was definitely not photoshopped into <laughs> a brand new photo with the contract that he already had. That, that did rule uh, blue raspberry now comes in yellow. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy talking to me about Ray Mysterio, Jennifer Aniston, national Enquirer, Logan Paul's podcast. Let's go. This is a fun interview. Yeah, Logan gets these WWE guests and they're they're fun little interviews because it's a very laid back environment. Logan, like a, a wrestling fan, obviously tied into the wrestling business now, but not like a 
didn't seem like he's a long-term fan of this or anything. Maybe he watched it a little growing up, but didn't keep up with it throughout his years and everything. And then his co-hosts don't really seem like they're big wrestling fans either. They clearly like, you know, like Cody Rhodes is on. They're like, you related to Lana Rhodes. Like they clearly just like go online and just Google something and just be like, what, what wacky story is going to pop up? And they just saw it like Mike, I think his is Mike. He's just on his phone and he's like, says here you're just dating jennifer aniston like what's up with that it's like they just google this these things and then they ask about it like it's it's something different from all these other interviews that you're going to to listen to uh throughout you know all these other generic interviews so i like i like logan's podcast interview because it's laid back he clearly he doesn't care about getting in any type of trouble not that he's gonna get in trouble with this question or anything like that but yeah, i remember actually seeing this in in the national Enquirer when it Me came too. out in the 90s because you know it's it's just in the grocery store and whatnot and my my grandma was been into these gossip magazines uh so i i, I remember seeing this like wait is that ray mysterio like jennifer anderson like i watched friends as a as a kid huh what what is going on here it's very funny like the mike is just like they just like pick two names out of a hat like here we go like how would you get like ray mysterio's name that's so it's so random like jennifer aniston one of the biggest stars in the world at the time of friends ray mysterio like i'm not trying to knock his star power in in the world of wrestling and he was hot in the 90s and everything but like you would not think of ray mysterio maybe that's what made it so like so big is it's just like yeah she's dating this this wrestler from wcw not even like a top guy not like kevin nash or somebody it's like, all right sure kevin nash he's he's one of the top guys in wcw he may have been champion at the time like that makes a little bit of sense ray mysterio what are we doing here i it, it was fun uh, to hear ray comments on this and to be asked about this i think and i might be wrong this was around the time of the filthy animals and that was the most like non NWO commercial thing going in WCW and Ray was like the sexy boy. He was the, not, not the big sexy. He was like, he was the handsome young kid who had been unmasked by Kevin Nash, no less. And so I think they just kind of ran with it somehow, or maybe someone at national Enquirer was just a wrestling fan. But like, I remember this story too. Maybe, but like the photos they used had Ray in the mask still. So that's why it makes me believe that it wasn't quite filthy animal time or maybe, maybe it was because it was in that like 99 period. So maybe it was it during during the filthy animals. But then but the photos they used still had him in the mask. That's why I, I wonder, you know, was it around that time? Uh, it's it's it, it's a uh, <laughs> what can you do? Right. Like people want to comment on you know, making up a bunch of stuff and whatnot. Like, I don't know if we're topping Ray Mysterio dating Jennifer Aniston in a, in a national publication, like the, the national Enquirer. Like we ain't topping, we ain't topping that. Like E news going to run a story of you know, Taylor Swift is, is newly single here. But what's the, what's the equivalent of uh, Taylor Swift is, is dating. Who's like an AEW person who, is kind of mid mid level in that in that area that I could throw out there. Throw it out there, Joel Pearl. You're you're thinking it. You're thinking it. I so I have two. One was going to be Jungle Boy, Jack Perry. I thought about Jungle Boy, but he's he's in a top feud right now, so I didn't want to. And I mean, I guess Ray Mysterio was married at the time. You know, Jungle Boy. He's in an actual relationship. So 
I'm going to go, there. I'm going to go kind of not mid. I'm just, I'm just going to go completely to the bottom of the barrel. Uh, Brian Pillman Jr. Yes. Yes. I was thinking <laughs> that. Yes. That was the name that popped in my head. Yes. Brian Pillman Jr. Uh, we're on the same page there. We're on the same page there. I uh, do love that in this, this story, Mysterio asked about being in the public eye and he's like, no, I like having my privacy. I'm very low key. When I chill with my family, I don't like getting mugged or signing shit. This guy who literally has his family on TV for three straight years recently and and his son is in a high profile feud with him. Now he wants privacy. I think that's very funny. But I mean, it took a long time until Dominic was in a 2002 storyline. What are we doing here? He, in, in fairness to Ray, he did say, like, you know, when he's on vacation and stuff, let me just, like, chill. He, he noted, like, he, he gets recognized because, I mean, the man has a giant Mexico tattoo uh, across his, his chest. Like, you're going to stick out on that, um, even if you don't have your mask on. He said that, too. Like, yeah, people just kind of notice the tattoos and, like, hey, Ray Mysterio. Um, he, he did kind of just say like, you know, he doesn't mind signing autographs and everything. It's when he's just like on vacation and like, he's just getting bothered like by staff and things like that. Just leave the man alone and let him do his own thing when he's on vacation. Uh, if you, if you're working at the hotel or the airport or the restaurant or whatever, hey, he wants to, he wants to be low key as he takes his family out into some front row and has a, uh, social media videos where his son is ruining Valentine's day and all that fun stuff. Well, if there's someone who can relate to sons who ruin everything and are never low-key, it's this next story. Hulk Hogan recalls WCW Bash at the Beach 2000 incident hours after it happened in an unreleased interview. I saw you mention this on Twitter, that you came across this interview. It was previously released on Bubba the Love Sponge. Of course, Hogan and Bubba were very, very close friends until they weren't for very awkward reasons we won't get into (laughs) but let's talk about the story because this is a very infamous story bash at the beach 2000 and the jeff jarrett lay down and the booker t come up and vince russo's big shoot into big shoot promo let's talk about this because this is i i remember this clear as day what did hogan have to say so i don't always like covering uh the these uh, older older stars talking about past angles and that have been talked about to death you know it, it some stuff it's like oh hey this is like new information and whatnot like everyone knows the bash of the beast incident at this point like everyone has talked about it bischoff russo jared all these guys have talked about it. i'm sure hogan's talked about it before too but like everyone's talked about it at this point so i don't always like covering this up but when i came across this and it was you know, hours after i guess it was monday morning that this was recorded and then it wasn't released until now it's like Okay, let's let's check this out and, and see what's going on here. Because this is something like, you know, Hogan, Russo, all these guys, they would talk about it years later. And by that point, you got time to formulate everything. You heard what this person said about it, so you can respond to that and and keeping your story straight because you've talked about it so many times. This was allegedly uh, you know, just hours and based on Hogan's comments, it did seem like it, it, that's true. Uh, I don't know why be like hey this is actually five years later and we're gonna make it seem like it was hours later so it it was very it was a timely thing it would be like if uh cm punk had talked about the brawl out incident 
hours after it had happened instead of, you know, we're months later and the only things he's doing is going on Instagram and commenting on things. So it, it seemed like a kind of a big thing to be like, okay, let's, let's see what's going to hit right here. So Hogan just recalls this entire story. And what, what he's saying is sort of what people have heard before of Hogan is it's like, okay, well, I don't really want to drop the title. What are we doing? Oh, we're going to do a DQ. Okay, I'm cool with that. Hogan, Hogan's so great. And like, he's still in worker mode here. And he's like, oh, what, what's next, brother? What are we going to do on Nitro? What are we doing on the next paper? Like Hogan gives any shit about what they're doing on Nitro the next night if they're going to do a DQ finish. He's saying like, oh yeah, like I'll drop the title, but then I want out of my contract. All right, well, how about I do this? How about I just win that? The best, the two best parts of this story were... Hogan saying, I got to start looking out for myself because apparently before this, you know, he was putting everybody over first. He's putting everybody over first. Sting and Sting and uh, (laughs) Sting. Yeah, he he was Hogan just laying down for everybody. Uh, Kidman. Kidman, he, he laid down for Kidman. He had thoughts about Billy Kidman in this one. And like he kind of made a point of, you know, if if you were so right about things, what about Kidman? Like he beat me. I needed a bunch of brass knucks, interference, special ref to beat him. And then what'd you do with Kidman, man? He's losing to Juventud Guerrera two weeks later. Like he should have beat Sting. He should have beat Goldberg. He should have beat Jarrett for the title and stuff. Like you were wrong about that. And then he circles back to Kidman and he's like, yeah, Kidman sucks. Like trying to drag anything out of, out of him. Like he just sucks. Like everyone knew he that was the wrong move and everything. He's like, but you know what? I got some sympathy out of that from the hardcore fans. Like, oh, look at Hulk. He's doing the job and everything. He's he's working with Billy, throwing him in the dumpster. He clearly is trying to give back and put over the young talent. So Hogan looking out for himself was uh was one of the parts of the story. The other part that just popped me so much is like hogan he he knows something's up brother like he's talking with Jarrett about the finish and they're going over it and all of a sudden jared's got to leave and he's supposed to do a run-in in an earlier match but then Jarrett doesn't come back to talk about the finish he's like oh, yeah, i am a little worried brother like Jarrett's good detail guy like you know i, I thought we'd discuss the finishing more but it's cool we'll go out there we'll call it in the ring it, it'll all be good he's like i was a little bit worried a little bit worried about it and he's t- talking to bubba and he goes you know, I got the blade on me. I got the half inch blade, the quarter inch blade, the three quarter inch blade, anywhere from 10 to 550 stitches, depending on how I pull it. And Bo was like, where are you keeping these on, on your brothers? Like I got two in my mouth. I got, I got one on my wrist. Like, you know, I'm looking around just making sure anything comes, anything comes at me sideways. I'm ready. I'm ready to cut somebody brother. And I'm just like, this man sounds like he's just going, going into war. I was like, yeah, I got the burner on me. You know, I got the burner. Like anything happened, you will get clacked. I keep the thing on me too. You know, (laughs) Hogan just ready for battle. No matter what someone, someone comes at him sideways, just whack 550 stitches just right there. I never, I've never realized that uh, you can get 550 stitches from something that small coming at he your call, mouth. He called him the swords, too. Yes. Like, he's got the swords that, on him. That threw me <laughs> off for a second. I'm like, man carries a one-inch sword and a two-inch sword. Those are tiny <laughs> swords. Those are toothpicks. Why is he carrying around toothpicks in his mouth? I mean, I guess if he has a good steak dinner. But, like, I was so confused. And then suddenly I was like, oh, that's what he – he's dumb is what he is. Okay. 
This is absolutely a phenomenally stupid interview that Hogan gives is what it is. Okay. It's not good. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Listen, we got to talk about it because like this is, it's, uh, it's absurd. He just unloads. And this is right after Bash at the Beach. Now, do you think at this point Hogan was maybe trying to turn this into a big giant work and, okay. uh, and like level things out so that he could come back? What do you think was going on at this point? All right. So I actually I'll give my thoughts here in a second, but I want your thoughts. Like, were you watching at the time day in and now with, you know, 23 years later, like, where do you stand on what happened here? Like what happened in, in this moment, and then what happened after? Do you think it was all a work? Do you think it was all a shoot? Do you think it was, they worked themselves into a shoot, brother, brother? Like, where do you stand on this stuff? I do think they worked themselves into a shoot. I think they were hoping to reset the titles again, just like they did, you know, when when Russo and uh, Bischoff took over in, was that late 99, early 2000? They were yeah. trying to do this again. And Hogan, who was doing the FU New Blood stuff at this time, and like, he was just, he was... He was old man Hogan. And I think they were hoping to maybe refresh the character. Hogan would, you know, figure his way back into the top of this whole thing in a feud with Jarrett. Whatever they did, I think they were hoping to turn it into, a, you know, Rudy Tootie, Berkey, Shooty. But uh, at the end of the day, it ended up completely backfiring because it could have been that Russo just went a little too far with this promo and what he had to say throughout the time after that. But uh, yeah, it just... I was watching WCW at that time and I was just like, I don't like this. I was also like 13 years old, but I was still yeah, old yeah. enough to be like, I don't like this. I'm I'm kind of in the same boat in that I think this was a work to start with. I think it was you know, Hogan and Jarrett. Jarrett's going to lay down. Hogan's like, oh, what the fuck? And then, because Hogan, he, he says it like he got a big pop. He was still doing like kind of Hollywood stuff. He was still coming out. You know, he's wearing the black and everything on this and it was going to be a way of like Hogan gets the title, but he doesn't really want the title and he goes away for a little bit. He goes away for a little bit and then comes back big baby face. He got stripped of his title. Russo cuts the promo fires him. He got stripped of the title, like sent Hogan away, you know, Booker wins the title that night, but I assume Jarrett gets it back shit the next night later down the line whenever it was but regardless it all leads to big triumphant babyface red and yellow hulk hogan return on all of this where i think it got lost was in two areas i think it got lost in hogan saying like throwing the belt down saying this place is in the toilet and everything i think russo took a little offense to that and then so Russo, when he comes out for his promo, he takes it a little too far, calls him bald son of a bitch, and like just goes on with his promo. And I think Hogan took a lot of offense to that. And so, yes, they worked themselves into a shoot with all of this. And I don't think the work was that good anyway. I think it's a dumb work. But that's what I think that's what they were going for. It turned into a shoot, and then Hogan was never seen in WCW again. You also have to remember at this point, this is – july august 2000 wcw yes. has like seven more months to live at this point so i think this was their hail mary and the hope was 
red and yellow Hulk Hogan was going to save the territory brother. And that's, and I wouldn't be surprised if that was Russo and Hogan thinking that up together, maybe with Bischoff on the side being like, yeah, that works for me. That should happen. And that'll work. That'll work perfectly. It'll we'll save everyone. And then of course it doesn't happen for the reasons that you just mentioned where Russo goes a little too far and listen, you call Hogan old. That's going to set off Hogan at that point. Cause Hogan hated being called old. He hated being referred bald. to as the old guard. Yeah, the old guard and bald. Like, can't you couldn't do that to Hulk back in the day. So, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that's really where things were going. That that's my theory on it. I I think Bischoff has said has said that as well that it was a work that turned into a shoot. Russo maintains that the whole thing was a work, uh, and Hogan seemingly here is basically saying the whole thing was a shoot. So the truth probably who knows what it actually is that they, it all sounds very plausible because all of these men are three of the best liars and workers and in the business. Uh, So who knows what, what the actual truth of it is? Yeah. I mean, WCW didn't have long to live at the time. Of course they didn't know this. They were throwing anything and everything just at the walls because their reset. I think it was April of 99 or 2000 whenever Bischoff and Hogan, and I feel like it was, or Bischoff and Russo, uh, I feel like it was 2000 when Bischoff, when Russo started doing this stuff. Uh, it was, it was, I'm pretty sure it was April uh, of that time, though. It was in Denver, as I've watched this episode a, a few times, um, uh, the the reset episode. So, yeah, that, that's when it, it all went down and, and whatnot, and <laughs> April 10th, there you go, April 10th, uh, 2000. 2000. Yeah, it was April, yeah. April 2000, so... Yes, they they did a big title reset in April, and then like three months later, they're like, okay, let's try to do another world title reset. Like they didn't know what the hell they were doing with any of this. And yes, their big hail mary, which right or wrong, was going to be red and yellow Hulk Hogan because tried and true playbook. And then it turned out that that wasn't going to work for me, brother. Speaking of which. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Kevin Kelly recalls telling Jim (laughs) Ross, that doesn't work for me when JR was told to fire him. Kevin Kelly appeared on the Insider's Edge podcast talking about his time in WWE, his experience working with Jim Ross, and uh, a plethora of other things. Let's talk about Kevin Kelly, who is a great New Japan pro wrestling announcer. Cannot say that enough, but uh, talk to me about Kevin Kelly's interview on Insider's Edge. Dude, Kevin Kelly is a boss for this. Like, absolute boss. Uh, So we just talked about, like, in 2000. 
uh, my timelines are going to be bad. 2001, I think it, think it is. Says yeah, he was going to be fired in 2001, he says. Yeah. So, so 2001, he was going to get fired. Jim Ross was told him to fire. And he's like, Jim, I just took out, bought a new house, just moved my family and everything. Like, I do all of this stuff. Who's going to do all this stuff? It's like, you know, that just doesn't work for me. And Jim Ross is apparently like, all right, I, I guess, I guess not. And then Vince, I guess, either didn't notice that Kevin Kelly didn't get fired or just was like, okay, sure. Like, Vince would seem like the type of person where if, you try to fire somebody and that person was like, no, that's just not going to happen. Vince would be like, all right, I respect, I respect. What I, you appreciate, said I appreciate the balls on this guy. <laughs> give, him, give him a raise. This is, and, and that's honestly the, the JR part. I'm thinking back to the story that Jericho told after WrestleMania, where he went to Jim Ross and said, Hey, I think my check is a little light. And JR said, well, what do you think? And he had just added a couple of zeros and that was it. They just kind of appreciated talent. Kevin Kelly basically says this of like, what are they going to do at this point? Like, I'm going to, I'll just say like, Hey, don't no, that doesn't work for me. Don't fire me. You're not going to fire me. The worst that's going to happen is they're going to do what they were going to do anyway and fire him. So you may as well just be like, don't fire me. And then he, he tells the story of getting, getting severance is like, you know, you've been here six years. We'll call it seven and then give you that. And he's like, well, I want eight. So, you know, I want, I want an extra two months severance. And they're like, all right, sure. Like, why not? And what's the worst that, that can happen? You're already going to get something. They're already going to happen. They're already going to, you know, fire you or give you this much severance. Ask for more. And if what worse comes to happen is like, they're going to do what they were already going to do anyway. Best case scenario, they change their mind and you get something out of it. So bless Kevin Kelly. It's fucking boss of a human being right there. So this is just for everyone watching who has ever seen Jeremy Lambert try to get me fired. Every time he does it, I just say, nah, that doesn't work for me. And for some reason, Sean and Jimmy are just like, mm, okay, all right, keep going. Here's a raise, by the way. Uh, no, the last part's not true, but they keep me around. So that's all that matters. I love this. I, again, Kevin Kelly has just, he, he's a boss in every way, shape and form here. And then he goes on and has a hell of a career calling New Japan Pro Wrestling. The man can do it in his basement of like his house, his mom's house, who knows whose house, in his underwear if he really wants to. And he's still getting paid for doing the job that he does now. I respect it. Kevin Kelly rules. He's He's been on uh, New Japan Bread Club at least once, maybe even twice. Uh, so he's in a couple now, yeah. Yeah, seems like the, the nicest guy in the world. So bless Kevin Kelly. Shout out to him for this move. Just, nah. Doesn't work for me, brother. Firing? Not having that. Not having that, brother. Well, if he's got something to say, so does this man, Chad Gable, who's another nicest man in wrestling. Chad Gable hopes maximum male model story lasts all summer. Quote, we have lots of ideas. Uh, he was on Ryan Satin's Out of Character podcast. This show can be a lot of fun sometimes. I, I do enjoy Ryan Satin when he gets to sit down with some of these uh, WWE superstars. So speaking with uh, Otis and Gable, Plenty on Maximum Male Models with Otis or Alpha Academy. Talk to me about this. It was a, it was a fun little fun little interview. And, you know, the Maximum Male Models, it's very small potatoes kind of stuff on the show. It's a minute or two vignette. They do some digital stuff. But, like, it hits. It, it's fun. Everybody understands their role and stuff. And Gable, Gable talks about this just 
praising them of like making the most of their time. And a lot of people say this, and then there are just some who follow through and others who don't with this stuff. It's like, Hey, do, do Mansoor, Mansoir and Marseille, uh, like, is this what they really want to be doing? Maybe not. Like did Chad Gable really want to be doing shorty G? No, he said that. Like, is there better usage of, of these guys? Maybe, but you know, this is what they're given and you may as well make the most out of this stuff lean into it as much as possible and you can get some tv time out of it and, and go from there like say i'm not trying to fully compare maxim male models to Sami Zayn doing jackass stuff but Sami Zayn doing jackass stuff is like let's go full bore with it let's take it to the highest level that we can and see what happens out of it i don't think maxim male models although i did joke that Put the title on Mansoor at Saudi in the 1,000 day reign. The kingdom goes crazy for Mansoor, and that, that's where we go out of all of this. I don't think any of that stuff's going to happen, but they lean into it really well, and it sounds like Gable's having fun with it. Otis is having fun with it. Everybody's having fun with all of this stuff. They're making the most out of it. Gable sounds like he wants to do it all, all summer. I mean, it doesn't sound like it. he explicitly said, like, hey, I hope it lasts all summer. We got a lot of ideas that, that we could do. For this thing clearly they think they could stretch it out maybe to SummerSlam, uh maybe further than that so could be could be a big spot for them leading into to SummerSlam. get it get a match out of SummerSlam out of it that you would not think would be part of the SummerSlam card and you know, i i hope it all works out for them i like all these guys as, as performers uh especially gable and for the all the stuff of gable is underutilized which he is it, it could be doing more should be doing more and things like that gable is definitely a guy who just understands i have a role to fill i can fill this role i'm getting television time i'm happy with everything that's kind of going on and i i'm 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 content with things i'm sure he wants more who doesn't want more but i like his approach to to a lot of the stuff i'm sure that otis otis, otis. is absolutely loving this story oh he's hilarious in it too yes he is he he's a good wrestler he's a great wrestler but he is so good at the comedy he's so good at just being himself it's absurd how natural he is because he comes on and he does a show like out of character and like there's not a huge difference between otis the guy and otis the character and it's so much fun to watch him work and like this is a perfect spot for him he gets to do stuff with gable who can be funny too but like they're supposed oh, to be hilarious he is and like they can do serious tag team together but then they can do maximum male models which is complete like slapstick garbage humor and People will, well, they should enjoy it. It's comedy. And when it's funny, it's funny. But of course, wrestling is super serious too. But the point is here, like Otis is absolutely just loving every minute of this. And I think Otis, Otis is so funny in that like he's he's talking about the the manicure and he calls it like a handicure. And it's just, he he's like, I, that's what I thought it was called. I thought it was called a handicure. Like, yes, he is just himself. He's talking about the Snoop Dogg chain. He's like, yeah, it was like a 27. He's like, I got a 25 inch neck, brother. That don't work for me. That chain is tight up there. Like he's, 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 yes, yeah, very naturally funny. You, when I listen to interviews and a lot of people talk about Otis, Miz has like a lot of great stories about Otis because, um, and Cardona as well. Cause they shot that, that big pool thing with Mandy and, and Otis, where they used Cardona's pool for, for all of that. That was a big story. And they after wanted they to just fired him too. Yeah. Yeah. After they just fired him. Yes. Um, 
so like but they talk about like otis is he's just otis and it just seems like one of the naturally just like funniest guys in, in the world and yeah it seems like he's having a lot of fun with this and Oh, it's 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 good stuff. It's very short. It's relatively inconsequential on the show, and it's funny. I enjoy it. I enjoy it. And I I really enjoy Chad, Chad Gable. I do think he is like one of the most underrated performers. Like people are finding out that he is funny and charismatic and stuff through this. And if you're a longtime Battle of the Brands viewer, uh, up up down down, that like you would you would see that yeah they uh, Gable Gable's had this in him all along with this stuff and even the stuff with jason jordan with the towel he's like come on say it say it you know finish it up like you've always kind of seen the glimpses of it and now it's like really coming out on television well that may be coming out on television but you know who didn't come out on television was gangrel all the news reports all the big the big scoops, all the big stories. Gangrel's coming to WrestleMania. Gangrel's going to be there in Edge's corner at Hell in a Cell at WrestleMania 39. Well, Gangrel was on revving it up with Dave Hebner, and Gangrel says WWE never reached out to him to appear at WrestleMania 39. What happened, Jeremy? Why wasn't Gangrel there? Why was it just Brood Edge in big, bold letters and not Brood Edge and Brood Gangrel while over in AEW, Brood Christian introduces us to brood luchasaurus okay it was brian hebner first off not dave hebner. what did i say well you, you know they're dave. did i say dave well listen yeah, let me tell dave. you something this is wwe main event from 1980 something okay sure again it's sure. the wrong hebner it's the father and son i can't tell the difference they're all they all all the hebners look the same to me okay wow wow yeah, Brian yeah. Hebner wrapping it up. Uh, I think Jimmy Corderas is on this show as well. But all referees that? look the same, yeah. Jeremy. That's uh, is it just because of the stripes? I guess they wear like blue shirts now more than stripes. Someone wear who's blue wearing shirts blue on, shirts on SmackDown? Didn't they wear like blue blue referee oh, shirts? Yeah, in like two thousand and four. Yeah, that's when Brian Hebner was in the company. Yeah, I think of Brian Hebner as an Impact referee, and they wear stripes there, black and white yeah. stripes. All right, fair. All right, so let's at least get Gangrel. the right Hebner out there. Yes, Gangrel. It is funny to me that he has not appeared during this run. He was on AW. Uh, he did. He did do the thing with uh, the the Jacksons, um, Michael and Tito. He did, he did do that thing, um, but he hasn't appeared in WWE yet. They're just fine. Like, yeah, let's use the Brood theme. Let's just. Let's not use the brood theme, but call Edge Brood Edge for some reason. It does say Gangrel has said like Edge is pitched for this. I don't understand why they just don't have him as part of the entrance. Like there were reports that he was going to be part of the entrance. He was in Los Angeles. He was there for WrestleCon. Like he was there. Edge has reportedly, according to Gangrel, pitched stuff for him. He was reportedly going to be part of the SummerSlam thing. And they just haven't used and it's kind of baffling to me that they just won't bring him out to just do part of this entrance and spit blood and everything the brood run was very short it was only a couple months and i think it's looked back upon more fondly just because it of the nostalgia of like oh hey remember the brood it's like yeah they didn't really do a whole lot like their feud with the hardys was largely edge and christian and the hardys like gangrel was a little involved michael hayes was a little involved with some of this stuff but 
I didn't last that long. It's like when people are trying to like wax nostalgic on the LWO. It's like, oh, it's so great to see the LWO back. It's like, yeah, remember when like Eddie and Ray like didn't actually want to be part of this group and then they were like forced into it and it lasted for like two weeks and it was just a cool t-shirt. Like, let's not act like this. These stables have like these great grand history and won all these titles and were involved in these major storylines and everything. That's that's not what it is. It's great nostalgia. The brood theme rules. Like the the LWE T-shirt is very cool, but these are not like major pieces of of wrestling history that people try to act like they are just because they're back in some form nowadays. Regardless, uh, it's still baffling that Edge is not part or uh, Gangrel has not been part of Edge's entrance when he's done this brood entrance like three different times nowadays. And Gangrel has been in the same city and been pitched for just bring this man in and let him be a vampire for one more night on WWE television. I do find it funny that this was the, this was the show where everyone was like, it's happening. It's definitely happening. Gangrel's going to be there. This is it. Brood is coming back together. Minus Christian. We're going to have edge. We're going to have Gangrel. They're going to do the thing. And then this is the one entrance where they don't use the brood theme, but they just have brood edge. It, It was a very strange it was thing. so dumb. I actually, I, I liked Edge's intro. Like, I liked the they were using Slayer. They were they made it they made it look cool. Like, it it did look cool. Calling him Brood Edge that was dumb, dumb. Admittedly, just call him Edge. But like the mask with the the shards of glass that there was really cool. The mirror glass that's what it was. Stuff like that. Like the visuals were really cool. But calling him Brood Edge and then not incorporating Gangrel when you're calling him Brood Edge and doing the Brood thing that was a little questionable. But either way, Gangrel's nowhere to be found. Is there anyone from like your nostalgia period from when you were a little kid that you would like to see come back and make like a one-off appearance with maybe a, an old tag team partner that's still active in the company? Um, I'd like D'Lo to return just for that music to come back. That music ruled. Uh, doing, doing the head nod and everything. I don't know. There's nobody really active in in the company i mean i guess you could bring in godfather comma farouk's there you could do sort of mini nation i know mark henry's not coming back uh but you could you could do like a, a mini nation thing but i i would just like d-lo having the chest protector out there he has to wear it uh i, I would like that to just largely the d-lo theme i, I want that to return I, I i'm looking for you know they they trot out dx every five years austin's always welcome back maybe the rock will come back at, at some point you know i don't i don't know what he's he's been doing uh but i was i was looking for kind of mid 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 level mid card kind of guys to to throw out there how about you what if we bring back wcw's team canada i mean lance, lance. Oh, Eli, fuck yeah you look skipper i'd love for him yeah. to do some shit yeah let's Man, do it Elix skipper I thought was going to be like the, the biggest star in the world. And maybe he should have been, but so disappointing that he, you know, he went through everything he went through and uh, then just decided to step away from wrestling. Cause he was so, so much fun in WCW. And then the early days of, of TNA, Elix Skipper and uh, Ahmed Johnson was, was certainly my guy back in, back in the day. Uh, where I thought he was just going to be like the next next world champion, next big thing. Uh, Sid, Sid, I would always like to return just for you know he's Sid, he rules. Uh, where, where, 
where is his Hall of Fame induction? Where is yeah. it? Can we do it in Philly? Let's do it in Philly. Maybe instead of making it like the ECW Hall of Fame next year, let's make it the Sid goes into the Hall of Fame. Let's do that. I agree. Sid should always be in the Hall of Fame. Who should induct him? His baseball coach? Uh, I I assume Michaels would do it. That'd be my guess. Like if I'm just have to throw throw a legitimate name out there, I I would guess Michaels would do it. Maybe Goldberg. Eh. Oh. Why? Sorry, I'm thinking about Gold- the card spot. Yes. Goldberg's gonna Goldberg's gonna wrestle Sid at, at WrestleMania next year. I would be there so quickly if we get another Sid match. Are you kidding me? He should win the title. He should end Roman's uh, streak. I don't think we'll be seeing Sid in the ring anytime soon. Yeah, probably for the best. Honestly, <laughs> it's probably for the best. Well, it's probably for the best that we get on out of here. Go about our weekend and enjoy ourselves. It's a big weekend. Uh, Impact Rebellion is happening in Toronto, where I am, and I'm hoping to be there over on Sunday. So, uh, Jeremy, plug the stuff. Let's get out of here. I don't know. You know, I don't do well with the plugs. Don't follow me on Twitter. Follow Steven Jensen on Twitter. Look at all at Fight Talk underscore. I guess it helps if I get the Twitter out. Uh, look at all the fun stuff we have on Fight Overbook that Joel will run down right now. Yes, uh, check out Bread Club. There's a new episode that just went up. Check out Coexisting with Rob and Maggie. They just did a show on Friday. They do every Friday. Check out uh, Tech Talk with Haley and Kylie. Haley is back, and that's great. Uh, who else is there? There's Righteous Reg and Mike doing Indeed. They just had Shane Hawk, who, by the way, is a fantastic Canadian wrestler and producer that you should know about. If you haven't met Shane Hawk yet or seen this interview, go out of your way to take a look at that. They've also interviewed Effie in the past. Uh, what else is there? What am I missing? Joel and Kate at 8 o'clock on Sundays. This week, it's going to be at a different time because I'll be at Rebellion. And uh, what else? What else happens on this channel? There's just content every single day. That's what we do. We drop content every day. Uh, oh, Rob Wilkins dropped a new monthly show with our friend Tom Talks Rubbish, where, tell me about the show, Jeremy. You, you had uh, Tom drop the show. Yes, Tom Talks Rubbish dropped a new show with Rob Wilkins uh, called Loving Wrestling, and, and Tom, every month, is going to just interview various media people about you know, what they actually like about wrestling, what got them into wrestling, what they like now, what they like in the past, and uh, the, their connection either to friends, family, through wrestling, or just to wrestling in general. So in, in the, 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 the spreading of joy and love of the professional wrestling, because as Tom has correctly pointed out many times, uh, you know, sometimes we could be a little negative in this space. We, we, but at the end of the day, we all, we all enjoy wrestling, right? We think. Sometimes it does seem like it. But we're covering this. We're talking about this for a living because there is something about wrestling that we do love. And Tom is on a mission find out what we all love about wrestling i was gonna make a love wrestling reference but you know hey shout out to spencer and the boys i do like them go check them out too that's over love wrestling but this is fightful overbooked and i am at joel pearl j-o-e-l-p-e-a-r-l ladies gentlemen friends beyond the binary we'll see you in the next one cheers bet mgm has an unreal deal for sports fans in virginia turn five dollars into 150 dollars instantly when you place your first wager at bet mgm simply download the bet mgm app and sign up using code champion 150 then place a five dollar wager on any sport you'll receive 150 dollars in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome and if you think the fun stops there the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store check out daily promotions same game parlays live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.